Welcome to the Inside Story on Franchising with valuable insights on how to create multiple streams of income through franchising and building businesses. Host Ricardo Matos has spent more than 25 years building businesses in multiple industries and helping other business owners succeed. His expertise and entrepreneurial know-how will educate and inspire you. On the show, Ricardo brings together industry experts and insiders who share solutions and strategies along with a passion for helping entrepreneurs make the best decision when it comes to buying a franchise or any business opportunity and much more. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Thank you. Welcome to the uh, Inside Story podcast. Today we have Anthony R. Tony Alvarez. He's a CFO, franchise executive, and social entrepreneur. Tony Alvarez has been an award-winning franchise business executive and social entrepreneur who developed franchising relationship with four premier national franchisors. Tony has a passion for growing companies and is a leader in the entrepreneurial community dedicated to economic and development, assessing capital success in philanthropy, business ventures, and government policies endeavor, and establishing a strong relationship with corporate executives with a nonprofit organization. Tony, welcome to the Inside Story of Podcast. How are you, my friend? <laughs> Thanks very much. My goodness, that was a mouthful you said. I didn't realize I did all those things over the years, but time <laughs> goes by very quickly when you're having fun. Thank you, Ricardo. That is true. That is true. It's that is a true fact. And one of the key entities that I love about you, and I want you to tell me more who you are and what you are, because I know that you either are now or were at one point or another the district director of the Small Business Administration in the San Antonio District Office, correct? Yes, that's correct. I uh, began my career, uh, Ricardo, actually, when I was around seven years old, selling lemonade on a lemon in front my front porch in Detroit, Michigan. So I think that was the beginning of my restaurant career. But fast forward, I then joined, uh, I got my master's degree, then joined uh, the Office of Personnel Management, had about 10 years in the federal government. But I always had the itch for the entrepreneurship. And so I tried to get a, a Little Caesars, among others, uh, franchises. And it always took me a long time because I didn't have that much money, didn't have the experience, but I knew if I had a chance, I could do it. But it took me seven years to keep going after it and after it. And I finally did. I finally got my Little Caesars in McAllen, one restaurant. That's all they had approved me for. Uh, over the next few years, we ended up uh, owning uh, 15 Little Caesar pizza restaurants, Applebee's restaurants on the border, and Burger King restaurants. And I think the highlight of all that, Ricardo, and again, from the time that I was actually sleeping on the floor of my office in Austin, Texas, because I couldn't afford to go back to Corpus, where my wife was, except on weekends. My highlight was when we were able to get the corporate CEO from Applebee's to fly out to, fly out to McAllen to be at our grand opening. Then he agreed to go with us to Monterrey, Mexico, to look for Applebee's territory. So mm -hmm. I look back and I just say, the, the proof is in the pudding in just about any endeavor that you have to be persistent and you have to believe in what you're going after and you can't give up. You just can't. For different circumstances, I was blessed. So in a, in a brief moment, that's my background. Uh, and I've been doing consulting work since then, Ricardo. Interesting. Now, Tony, I know that when you were part of the Small Business Administration, you helped have approved over a thousand different loans generating over $240 million in financial assistance for small businesses. What is one thing that you can tell us 
who are new business entrepreneurs, who are new people with business entities, what can they get out of out of the small business administration? And can you elaborate more in depth with the small business administration is all about? Sure, I'm glad you you brought me back to your circle back back to when I was uh, selected by Administrator Hector Barreto up in Washington as the San Antonio. What was important with the SBA is I was able to help a lot of people through counseling them and being able to give them the right um, direction in terms of them going in the particular industry that they want to go, as well as be able to provide with the loans because that's what helped me in growing my franchise. I had many 7A loans, many 504 adventure loans, and ultimately I was also an 8A um, minority contractor. So uh, the money's there for, uh, for the entrepreneurs if they know what they want to go and do. And if they don't, they go and talk to somebody like yourself who's been in the business and can help them. And between us both, we can uh, help them more than I think anybody can. Um, so, so let me ask you this. You said the money's there, but FBA does not give the loan. FBA pretty much guarantees the loan that you're borrowing from the bank that if you faulted on that loan, is guaranteed and the FBA will actually use those funds to pay the bank, correct? That's a good point. Yes, you have to have some capital to get going. You have to put some money down, but you can get a 7A loan or a 504 loan, which is primarily a more on real estate. But you're right, the SBA will provide the money for you. Uh, it's good to have a good friendly banker uh, if you know one to be able to help you or a silent investor because cash will be required to get started in the business. Yeah, usually this is what, 20% of whatever the entity of the business model is borrowing. Sometime, or you can put up some collateral if you got real estate. You can leverage that or stocks and bonds or other money. You can leverage it. So it doesn't necessarily have to be all in cash. If you can have the financing in other uh, venues, then SBA will look at that. And possibly, especially now uh, with the Paycheck Protection Program, uh, SBA is much more liberal that there might have been a year ago. Yes, yes, yes. And I know that uh, the FBA uh, organization worked with another organization called SCORE, if I remember correctly. We are, they assist on writing business plan and how to guide you to a specific level of understanding of the business you're trying to integrate with the business loan. Is that correct? That is correct. Really correct, Ricardo. So what type of business do you have that you have worked in the challenge in the path that it's causing you to overcome certain spitfalls. I know you mentioned, you know, that you slipped in the sofa and the, the floor <laughs> while you have multiple businesses going on. What can some of the spitfalls you have overcome and how you were able to manage to do that? The overcoming is being, is, is knowing that you don't know everything. That the business, if it's a franchise, they teach you a lot of what needs to be known. But when you're on your own, it's good to bring in somebody like yourself as a consultant or the SBDA, the Small Business Development uh, Administration. Uh, and each college has a facility like that to be able to help, which doesn't cost the entrepreneur anything. The college picks it up or the SBA picks it up. And so surround yourself with a lot of intelligent people that know more than you. Um, and that's, a, that's one principle that I listen to in the sense of, uh, you don't know everything and you're out there like a sponge trying to get that knowledge from people like yourself and others. Tony, I know you are a vast, uh, man with a vast mass general information of knowledge and wisdom associated to this FBA loans and how business loans do work and 
different type of entity of the business loan blue X6. Now, what type of business do you feel the FBA loans are more tailored into to be helping the reassist? Well, I think especially today, uh, Ricardo, you're talking about restaurants. And ideally, you're talking about young people that want what's more important today because of the pandemic is drive through restaurants, curb picks up restaurants, things of that nature. And, and a footprint, meaning the square footage of a building should be somewhere about a thousand square feet, not the 1700 or like the Applebee's that takes land and building uh, because you can see they're hurting right now. And a lot of restaurants yeah. are closing on the flip side. Now's a good time to be analyzing franchising, especially in the restaurant business, because the big boys, the big franchise have realized what's going on and they've remodeled their footprint to make it much smaller and yes. convenient deal with the types of um, um, experiences that we need to have, such as right now with podcasts, with um, internet, with, they're using a lot more technology uh, devices rather than the old traditional way of having to go see the, you know, hands-on. Now yes. it's hands-on in terms of your computer, your telephone, your smart app. And so you have to be much more technology savvy because that's the world that not only the restaurant industry, but many other industries are working from. Yeah, like the church chicken franchise, for example, I, I seen where their footprint now is pretty much more to drive through. Uh, their space inside their location is literally less than, 300 square feet or 500 square feet for seating area. And uh, they're starting to see a lot of, uh, when within also Kentucky Fried Chicken is doing the same thing where they're venturing into a joint venture with a gas station. I seen it with uh, Checkers uh, Franchise, which is another burger joint kind of thing where they're just doing it as a drive-through entity instead of just having in internal eating and so on. And more companies, in that world, they're already striving to minimize their footprint inside the uh, fast food industry, allowing to be more, um, how should I call it, pandemic proof, where they can go ahead and, you know, and strive forward with their business entity. Yeah, and I think you're, you're right on, uh, Ricardo, that to, because of the pandemic, the world has switched, has, is turning uh, the old traditional way into the way they could be more successful. And I've even seen, I think, Burger King and Taco Bell and others, they're, they're redesigning their footprint, their locations now, where even Burger King has come out with a design. Burger King is on uh, design. Burger King, Taco Bell, many of the other leading franchises are redesigning their look uh, because they know now that the younger generations demand these type of facilities, not the older kind like the Applebee's or or uh, uh, chilies where you go in and sit down. Now it's gonna be in and out. So right now the big boys are pivoting. They're going into a different direction in order to meet the demand of the younger uh, crowd yeah. that's out there and yeah. what the pandemic has brought. And so uh, they're redesigning buildings. So be on the lookout for that. Oh yeah, it's uh, coming. I've seen, seen a lot of that lately, but let me ask you this. I know you're an experienced business owner. You have owned multiple different franchises across the nation in your years of a lifetime. Uh, where can uh, success people, how should I say, not even success people, but what kind of success story can you give me where you overcome during your transition where it was an issue, it was a problem, and you solved it? Can you give us a little success stories of all your different ventures? 
of course, I, I tell people my first restaurant was a, was a home run, no problem. It was a Little Caesars in McAllen on North 10th Street. So I went with the attitude, I'm gonna put a second one in, in McAllen also, but on the south side of town. Well, the north side of town is more of a bedroom community. People go to work, people then come home, change, and then they wanna go out to eat and or or. But I thought that applied to the whole city in the whole valley of, of uh, in the uh, Rio Grande Valley. So I went to the South store, which was on South 10th, and I put another uh, app, Little Caesars in there. And before you know it, nobody came in. And nobody came in. I was wondering what's going on with my manager. I said that it's a busy uh, uh, business area. And on the North side, it's bedroom, but we did very good. So we should be doing just as good on South side. What I realized is that the South side of McAllen was a shopper business environment where people, let's say, would come in from Reynosa and go back to the hotel and go to sleep, or people would come from San Antonio or Houston, do some work, and they wanted to sit down and get a bite to eat, and they would go. But my little Caesar South Tent was strictly a carryout. So I had to create, I had to find out the problem. When I did, I called up Little Caesars, and I said, I need some help. Can you do this or do that? Can you extend it into sit-down? They said, no. Well, I'll tell you something that probably is not, um, something that I would recommend, but I was desperate. I went to um, uh, sort of like a, um, a warehouse. I bought some tables and chairs. I put them in my lobby. And before you know it, people would open up the door and they had bags of, and they would come in and just put the bags on the floor and they would eat the pizza and go. Well, then my neighbor next door went out of business and he had a big 6,000 6, square foot location and mine's 1,400. So I got the lease for next door. We opened it up, made it into a sit down. And my sales went from like $2,000 a week with seven, with about 6,000 being a break even all the way to about 14,000 a week over the next 90 days. Because I initially took for granted that the South side population was the same as the North side. So the, the moral to this story is don't take, don't assume anything. Don't take anything for granted and do a lot of homework because if that, if I hadn't reacted as quick enough and yeah. saw the trend, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. I would have oh, been I hear out of you, business. I hear you. You know, you walked in right into my next question because my next question is basically, you know, if, if new entrepreneurs are into business, what are some of those questions that new entrepreneurs and business should be asking themselves when they're picking a location, when they're actually establishing a business? I mean, you said it. Papa John or is one of those businesses, you know, franchise where there is a delivery model, right? It, and you need a space to, in this particular city, if people wanted to sit down and eat because that's come for business. And you created a, a, a niche for that location only, but it's not always the case across the board. So what are the questions that business owners and entrepreneurs should be asking themselves that they need to do and take in consideration? Again, do your homework. Do the homework. Ahead of time ask as many questions. What are some of the successful franchise? How, why are some of the successful franchisees? What are they doing to be successful from A to Z? And what have some of the franchisees haven't been successful from A to Z? And knock on the doors if you can at some of the restaurants. And, and if you want to go in restaurant business and ask, is the owner in? And ask those type of questions and make sure you tell them, you're not interested in their particular market because they may be gone, but in another market, they'll be more open to give you the, the answers. 
but you have to uh, be better prepared for the downside. But hopefully, again, it, there was always going to be an upside. But if you're not prepared for the downside, most likely you won't have enough time to figure it out or money to figure yeah. it out. And you're going to have to go out of business. I call this the predict the unpredictable, right? So sometimes right. you have to make the assumption that if you predict certain conditions of fact that will actually take effect, you have to have the means or the know-how how to possibly solve that problem in case those things happen, right? One of the things I tell people when they jump into wanting to own a franchise, don't always join the franchise on the upswing of the economy. Always join into a franchise on the downswing of economy because for two to three months, it takes to establish a franchise. If you're doing on the upswing, as you're setting up your franchise model into that location, by the time you're ready to jump in, opening the door, you're already now on the downswing of the economy again, all over again, and you may not even strive forward. So that's why it's crucial to also understand that when they open their door, they do it on the, you know, in the upswing motion of the economy, they change and look to it every two or three months. Ricardo, one of the things that come back to mind of what you're talking about right now also is that uh, when we were, when I had my, my first restaurant, my first two restaurants, we did a lot of hand billing. We don't do that nowadays compared to digital advertising. Yes. But what I did was we did, did, we did hand billing at Walmart. We put flyers in the windshield wipers. We'd go to McAllen High Schools, put them in the windshield wipers. And before you know it, business started to pick up. But yes. we also went into one of the major uh, grocery stores, HEB, and we put them into the parking lot, into the cars. And, but HEB would call us or Walmart would call us and say, hey, we don't want you to do this anymore. And I, I brought this situation to my team. And I said, okay, guys, we know it works. So we're just going to do it every once in a while. And we did. And again, sales increased. And we depended more on the quality of the product and the pricing rather than just marketing. Yeah. But my, old, my own uh, philosophy on that is, it's better to ask, it, it's better to do it. And if you think that's the right thing to do, it, it's better to ask for forgiveness than yes. to ask for permission. Yes, yes. So it's Gorilla marketing, my friend. That's what I call the gorilla marketing strategy, right? A lot of people <laughs> are afraid to do it, right? But it's required a legwork. And I, th I think in today's world, they want you to be in social media. They want you to be on Instagram. They want to be on the TikTok, right? And that's what they want to do is marketing. You know, there's people approaching me to do like certain marketing directly to TikTok and all this stuff. It does not necessarily mean that I want to do that, but it, it depends on what works for you and what doesn't, right? Now, exactly. you know, a lot of times business day, depending upon the business model or structure, how good is it for any business entity, let's say in the restaurant industry, to be part of a business chamber of commerce within a particular local city area of, of uh, entity? Well, I think it's very important to be involved with the chamber, to be involved with any organization that you think has the potential to come and use your business. You don't have to be an active member, but you need to be involved. Um, and one of the things that I did when I was a, an executive director years and years ago for one of the chambers is they were going out of business because they didn't do any marketing. So what I created was, an, was a plan to bring in uh, maybe three or four franchisers for a overnight stay and I marketed it to the, the, the chamber population and others and actually we got two banks 
to put in $25,000 a piece to get the chamber back on its feet. And then we charge the franchiser X amount of dollars to be there and spend the night and interact with the franchisees. And today, the Amarillo Hispanic Chamber of Commerce is still in existence, but they were about to go under when they brought me on and they said, Tony, we can afford to pay you for maybe three months, maybe four. If you can't come up with a good plan, we have to close the doors. So right away, I started to think about, okay, what didn't work? What did work? What do we have to do? Who are your friends? Who can't we count on? Who, what, when, where, how, why? And then go do it. And we were able to do it. But the more you get involved with other organizations, the stronger you become whenever, as you said earlier, there's a downturn. Now you have people that you can turn to and ask for uh, some assistance, not necessarily financial, but just some advice on, hey, what do you think? You know, you've been in this field. What am I doing wrong? What am I doing correctly? What do I need to do? So I think the advice you gave is right on, right on. So let me ask you this. You were um, the entrepreneurial success and you were recognized in some of the most prestigious magazine national awards across the, na the nation. What can you tell us about this and how, how were you, how do you absorb that, that news that you were given you know, national recognition for all the prestigious things that you have accomplished? I, I stuck my nose to the grindstone, bottom line. Bottom I line, did huh? What I had to do, and if I got an award, people would recognize it, but I never, never, never went out to say, hey, I want to go and get that award or this award, because that's not going to pay your bills Correct. <laughs> for your business. If my restaurant come, or my business comes first, and if somebody wants to nominate me, I, that's great. But if not, life goes on. I didn't get into business to win awards. I got into business to be successful in my business. So Amen. that's my advice to everybody. Put your head down and just stay focused on your business and keep going. And if it's 24 seven, it's gotta be 24 seven. You gotta want to do it. You yeah, can't hand you. it off else. It's your baby. And that's the advice that I would give. Take action and take control of the life by going and solving each individual problem of the business entity. Well, actually, Tony, I would like to know where can our listeners go out and find more information about you, who you are, and what you're all about, and how you can help them? Can you give us a little uh, information where they can find you and contact you? I appreciate that. My uh, email address is aralvarez51 at yahoo.com. A cell number is an easy one, 956-777-2222. But before in that, I have... Uh, actually three videos on YouTube that were done, two of them were done by the University of Texas. And if you go to YouTube videos and just type in Tony Alvarez, Applebee's grand opening, you'll see the grand opening of my Applebee's. But I think what I take pride in is the fact that the corporate CEO from Applebee's at the time, Abe Gustin, agreed to be at our grand opening and then we, we thought about this. We said, hey, since he's going to come here for the weekend, why don't we invite him to go to Monterrey, Mexico, and see if he would want to go and look and do a fact-finding tour. So yeah. you'll see in the video where we chartered a jet and, and had a lot of people get on a plane with us, and we flew to Monterrey, and he came back, and we had extend yourself out, if you can, to the people that know more than you and hope for the best. Don't expect the best. But put your best foot forward. But I would say that they have to have their homework done in their own restaurants or the businesses to look good 
to get somebody like a corporate CEO to fly in to be with you for three or four days and then fly into an international country uh, to continue helping you. Tony, I want to thank you very much. We're running out of time. I appreciate all the insightful information you have given us. Uh, again, I cannot think enough for all the abilities you have given us and all the information that you have supported. So hopefully we will start connecting with you and send us information that you can enlighten their business or entities and moving forward from that. So thank you very much for being part of the Inside Story of, of Franchise Podcast. I appreciate it. And all the listeners, please go to Ricardo because he knows his business inside and out. And anytime I can help you, Ricardo, or your listeners, please let me know. Thank God and uh, be Thank blessed you, and be safe. Take care. Thank you, Anthony. Take Bye-bye. care, my friend. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Inside Story on Franchising with your host, Ricardo Matos. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review on your preferred podcast listening platform. That way, you'll never miss a new episode and you can help spread the word to more entrepreneurs like yourself. We really appreciate that effort and we'll catch you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.